Hey everyone, this is Pastor Matt Grimm from Cornerstone Church. I'm here with Thad Keenel. Good evening. And we are, uh, we're here with the Planted Podcast, where we are um, helping everyone, hopefully, uh, get into the scriptures, where it's our desire to meditate on them day and night, uh, to be planted and rooted in God's Word, so that we will be growing, maturing disciples of Jesus. And so... We're here with our, I think this will be our third uh, podcast that we're, we're going to get into as we continue to focus on the Word of God. And, and, and today, as, as we kind of pick up from the first two podcasts where we looked at Psalm 1, which is like our theme uh, verse, Psalm 1-3, for the podcast and our desire to be meditating on the Scriptures, uh, today we want to we kind of ask the question, well, why, are, why should we, beyond what it tells us there, that it's going to be beneficial for us um, uh, to stay rooted in, in, in God and, and to walk in that way of life, but what about the Scriptures themselves? What about the nature of them that makes them reliable, trustworthy for us? And so uh, today we want to be spending some time in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, looking at uh, what Scripture says about itself, what the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament about Scriptures. And, uh, and so hopefully uh, it will be a good time in God's Word, but it will also give us more confidence uh, in, in the Word of God. Yeah, what do you think about um, other world religions that would call their books uh, that they follow, uh, example, um, the Muslims um, and, the, and the Quran, uh, would they uh, properly call their uh, study words scripture? Yeah, they would. They would say scripture. I think many would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that they would have certain views and attestations to, to, to God's work through the people in, in the scriptures, uh, in their scriptures. Uh, what's interesting and I think unique about the Bible compared to many of those others is that it's not just one person's writings or one person's discovery of writings or things, if you think about like Joseph Smith and the Mormons, or even like the Quran, or, or even the writings of Buddha or whatever. The scriptures actually is multiple writers carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so I think there's a uniqueness in the diversity of individuals that God uses to provide the scriptures that is unique among all this, and how over so many different years, periods of time, and people, there's a consistency to the message that is there that it makes it utterly unique. So we'll be narrowing the definition of scripture and how it's used in the Holy Bible compared to other world religions to refine that definition as the Holy Spirit um, leads the, the men mm-hmm. to, to write these things, but it's not a dictation from God, right? Yeah, I don't view it as a dictation. I don't think that they just were like reading words off of a screen or, you know, the the Spirit overtook them and just started speaking or writing through them where their minds and personalities were unaware of what was happening. Uh, and so, which I think sometimes a dictation would almost be that way. Right. So, uh, so we, we might get into that either, you know, in future episodes or even maybe a little bit uh, now. But the I think the idea there is that there is this, as it is with all of, of, of really the narrative of Scripture is trying to portray, there's this human and divine 
partnership. But in that partnership, there's obviously there's a dominant. It has the dominant role, <laughs> I guess we would say. Yeah. In the uh, right. In in that, and, and so just thinking in the terms of the covenant relationship, you know, God is the great King. We are the lesser King, uh, the lesser the body of people who are following Him. And in, I think in this in the in this same way that the the authors, the prophets, the apostles understood that relationship, that they were being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, not that they were uninvolved, but that they were in submission to the Spirit in in all that they did. And so I think it's good to keep that in mind, even as we read the Scriptures, that we need to stay in submission to them. We can ask critical questions, we can investigate, we can find things, try to, try to understand as much as possible. We always do it from a position of submission it has authority over us. We don't have authority over it. Right. And in that saying, we don't really have uh, the right to take God's word and then press our emotions or our, our wants and lusts into that word to, to fit our lives. We, are, we have to mm-hmm. remain obedient to what he's given right. us as, yeah. as instruction. Right. And that's some of the things we're going to read about today. Yeah, if I, yeah that's a great lead-in, actually, to um, just want to do a little introduction to Timothy that uh, this is written, this is his second letter to Timothy, written by Paul from prison. And so Paul, an apostle to the Gentiles, a, a one who sees himself in that role as carrying out um, not only the commission to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles, but also I think he understood, stands rightly as that apostle that he is, he is himself um, speaking with authority by the Holy Spirit. In, in what he's doing. And so he has given instruction to Timothy, giving, giving him a charge in this second letter, really a charge to continue on with that uh, call. And so in chapter 1, he, has a, he gives him a charge to guard the gospel. He says in one fourteen, guard the truth that has been entrusted to you by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And so he has a charge um, in this office that, he's, that, that Timothy has in his role with the church there to, um, in Ephesus to to keep this up. And so then in chapter 2, he has a, his charge then continues that, that he's going to have to suffer for the gospel. So he says, take your share of suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ in verse 3 and verse 8, remember Jesus Christ and 9, as preached in my gospel, the gospel for which I am suffering and wearing fetters like a criminal. So there Paul is saying, this is his scripture of what he's having to suffer, but he's even saying, Timothy, remember this might happen to you too. This is a far right. cry from come be a Christian and everything's going to be uh, <laughs> right. easy and and, yeah. and and peaceful yeah. in your life, right? It's a different type of peace when we're dealing with the yeah. Spirit of God in our lives. Right. I was just talking with a Christian brother today about one of his favorite verses is is from Jesus talking about um, take heart, you know, uh, that you you will in this world you have trouble, um, but I will give you peace. There's the promise to you us know? is that you will <laughs> we will run into <laughs> right. some hard times, but in the midst of that, you know. We have the peace of Christ, and, and so which is which is what the gospel gives us, right? And then in chapter three, which is where our passage comes from today, he, there's a charge then to continue in the gospel. He he says that evil men and imposters will go on from bad to worse. Deceivers are, are going to there. He's going to have opposition, and even in chapter three, it talks about the godlessness of the last days. He opens up with that, and and but he's. His, his encouragement is to continue on in his teaching. And so and we'll look at that. I think we might actually start in verse 10 today. But but then in chapter 4, then there's an ongoing charge to proclaim the gospel. He actually charges him, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ to preach the word in season and out of season, to convince, rebuke, and exhort um, by being unfailing in patience and in his teaching. And so 
So the, in context here, we see that this is a personal letter to Timothy to keep the charge of the ministry of the gospel alive, to guard the truth, to, um, to be willing to suffer for the gospel, and to, to continue in that. It's in that context here in chapter 3 that we have these verses that we're going to look about. To, it helps us with the nature of the word of God, which is being which Paul is encouraging Timothy. Is, is that, that's his main you know, weapon. It's what he's going to use to help teach and build up the body of Christ. And so, so let me start in verse 10, as he's been talking about this godlessness in the last days, this opposition to the truth that is going to be coming. He says, you, Timothy there, okay, you, however, I'm reading it from the ESV now, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim of life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness my persecutions, sufferings, all that stuff we just talked about, right? So he's saying, follow my example. And in other places, Paul always says, follow my example as I follow Christ. So he's, he's, he's laid out the way this charge is given to Timothy is something that he himself has done. Verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Um, so what you just mentioned, you know, we right. that, expect this. Because evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And if that's happening in, in Timothy's day, in Paul's day, and it's still happening today, and in between then and now it has been happening all the time, there's always going to be opposition, right? One of the ways, which is this is another podcast for another time, but that's one of the reasons I believe we know we're in the last days. <laughs> We've been in the last days since, since the time of Jesus' resurrection. But anyway, verse 14. So in the midst of that opposition, he says he, he has but. And that but is always a very important word in Scripture because we know that there's a, a contrast coming here. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it. Now, who did he learn it from? He would have learned this from Paul. He's talking to Timothy. Yeah, yeah. So he, so this is he, he, follow my way, way. You've learned it from me. And earlier in the, in in the um, in the letter, actually in the opening verses, he talks about how he's received this faith from his grandmother uh, Lois and his mother Eunice. So he knows that they were teaching him from the scriptures in that sense, the Old Testament we would call it, right? So he that was being passed on to him by them. And then when Paul comes and shares the gospel with him, that's what he's believing in. That's what he's following. He's to continue in that. And it, so because we see this in 15, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. That's what I just referenced, you know, back to, to Lois and Eunice, right? So from childhood, he's been, he's been immersed in the, in the sacred writings, which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, in the first two podcasts, we talked about Psalm 1, and, and also I brought in Jeremiah 17, which the very same imagery is being used. But in Psalm 1, we have the contrast of the two ways of life, right? Right. Um, so how here, Thad, do you think that that's related to this idea of making you able to be, which are able to make you wise for salvation? So how is this affirming Psalm 1? Well... The first thing that comes to me might not be from Psalm 1, but uh, the idea of, first of all, that a proper fear of God begins with the knowledge of him Mm -hmm. and his wisdom that comes to us is from his word, as it speaks of in Hebrews. You know, first they had the prophets, and now it comes to us by the revelation of Jesus Christ. um, Of course, what the New Testament is is revealing to us uh, here through, through Paul, but the one thing that, as I might digress just mm-hmm. a, a bit, is that we see that not only is Paul pointing to to 
Timothy here to keep what he has learned from his mother, his grandmother, from mm-hmm. the sacred writings, which of course is revealing to uh, referring to all of Scripture, probably a lot of the Old Testament. But then there's the testimony of here that it's referring to Jesus Christ as well. So mm-hmm. there's there's going to be writings here from the New Testament as well. Um, is that's the, the the positive aspect of it? But then the other side of it is that is something that we see. I don't think in really any other. Um, religion around the world is the attack from the outside. We see that there's people that are um, not only attacking you directly, but they're attacking the word. Yeah. And so we 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 see that in the aspect of of Psalm one, perhaps is you're you're to walk in the the ways of the right path as opposed to mm-hmm. those that might be encountering you to give you bad advice. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. We saw that in the. You know that when we when we look to that bad advice, when we walk in that way, when we stand and when we sit from Psalm one, right? Then then that is the way that is going to lead to death, the way of life, the way of um, prosperity, of flourishing that comes from being planted by that stream of water is going to come from the the uh, redemptive message of God's word that that comes to us. That we need to be soaked in it, we need to be immersed in it, we need to be meditating on it, because in it then we know that he says it's going to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that's interesting because um, I think what Paul's affirming here is that all the Old Testament scriptures are leading to Jesus that we have here. It's making us wise for salvation, and that salvation is going to be found in Jesus. And so the old te- all that time he spent in the Old Testament with his mother, grandmother, um, Paul himself was a Pharisee, right? He, when the light got turned on, when he saw this, that, that Jesus is the fulfillment of these things. And so this next verse, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 16, which we use all the time as, as the, uh, to help us have confidence in the Scripture, that it's interesting that in context here, it follows this, this notion that with, with all Scriptures breathed out, we're going to talk about that, but it follows this notion that these sacred writings were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm. And it's that idea, right, that we have to keep in mind that all that that the scriptures are always are are, are going to be connected to God's the fullness of time when Him bringing Jesus to be our salvation. Right, right? and taking a step back to what you just said or referred to a little bit indirectly is that the Old Testament scriptures are foreshadowing Christ. And in fact, Christ on the Emmaus road after His resurrection, He says, <laughs> beginning, <laughs> beginning with Moses and the prophets, He you know, yeah. divulges all the information that was written about him. Right. And then when he's speaking to the Pharisees, the Pharisees says, we have Moses to follow. And he says, well, if you did believe Moses, you would believe me because yes. it's Moses that's pointing <laughs> right. to, to the Christ. And right. here I am. Yeah, it's interesting. Even today, I, 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 every once in a while, we'll just like, what are, what are the current Jewish people believe today? What are some rabbis talking about today? What are these things? And it's very interesting that one of the things that I've I see people do is they accuse Paul in the New Testament of coming up with some new revelation from God, that what he's writing in terms of justification by faith or, or so forth is a, is, a, is a new revelation, right? But he himself, as he's writing in both Galatians and Romans and other places, he's actually, he's, he points you to the Old Testament. He says, no, this comes from Abraham. Right, <laughs> right? right. they're very first He's reading it completely Abraham, right? in the Old Testament, and they're trying to accuse him of having new revelation. You know, now, mm. it, you know, so it's just interesting yeah. um, that that but so that that accusation's going to come. Um, and Paul here is saying, "Listen, 
this, all these sacred writings, they're able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so it, it's, they're pointing to Jesus, but it's, it also is something that, it's, it's, that the, the God by his spirit uses the scriptures to elicit faith in us. As he calls us, as he does that work in us, the scriptures are, are there to elicit faith in Christ. And so here's our big verse, the one that we, we hear probably a lot, or if, you, if, if this is new to you, I encourage you to, to, um, to consider here. He says, all scripture is breathed out by God. Now, this is the ESV. Some translations will say inspired. We'll get into that in a minute. But all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so we see that there's, there's this, um, what it, we'll discuss what it's profitable for, but also I think it's important to, to see here that this, um, there is this, what I would call this eschatological nature to the Word of God, as we see here. And what I mean by that is, Eschatology is just the, the, the knowing of last things, the doctrine of last things. But the point of it is it's not about just the last thing, but it's moving somewhere. It, it, it's, it has this forward trajectory of growth that God is moving something somewhere. And the, the scriptures are important for that. It says that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, that, that word complete there has the sense of maturity, right? Um, and that we know that that is something that is, is an ongoing process, and so we are in this growth process of this new man, this new person. As if we're born again, if we're um, been made new in Christ, we're new creations. This new creation that we are is a new creation that is growing and maturing, and is in the process of being made complete. And what's integral to that, it just as we saw back in Psalm one, <laughs> is the Word of God. The, the Scripture is is important to that. Now, what's what's Timothy's role? We talked about it already, but what's his his job? Right is um, as a church leader, right is to make disciples, and he wants to make disciples who are going to make disciples, who are, who will then make disciples. All of that. And so, how do we do that? Well, first of all, define a disciple. I think uh, I, I see disciple. I see the word discipline. Mm-hmm. But a disciple is what maybe best defined as a learning believer. Yeah, and I would say learning. I would also use the word follower. A follower. That is someone who's not just who's not just taking in information, but is applying it to their life. Uh, so it's uh, a, a disciple is, is I'm willing to learn from you, but I'm also going to follow in your ways because that's that's what Paul says: is you have followed my teaching, you know, follow after me, follow my example. We're to follow the example of of Christ. And so I think a disciple is yes a learner, but it, it's it's uh, maybe it's just in today's day and age. I think probably maybe in those days they had this more sense that a, a learner is is always applying it and in, in transforming their life as they do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. but I think at times I can think of a learner. Well, I you know I. I learned some calculus my senior year of high school, but I have I don't use it at all anymore today, right? I, I, right. I don't have to in my job, right? right. You know, so you know, I, I was a learner of calculus, but I wasn't a disciple of calculus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Whoever yeah. came up with that, because I don't apply it to my life. But I think a disciple is a follower, uh, because that's what Jesus said: "Come, follow me." 
uh, to his disciples. So, yeah, so yes, a learner, but also a follower. And really, um, the word Christian, when they first started using that, when they called them Christians, they, it was literally little Christ, mm-hmm. right? So they were people that were walking in the ways of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so definitely, I think that we, we see here that there is a, uh, I just want to briefly, b- before we get to the end of, of today's podcast, I want to I want to get to uh, this idea of it being breathed out. So, uh, and we'll get into some of those other things of what it's useful for. But it's this idea that all scripture is breathed out. It's this word in Greek that uh, is, is uh, this might be the only time it's used in scripture. I, I, um, it, it's the word. Uh, Theanostas. Yeah. So we have this. Um, Theo is God, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Theonustos. We say like so, pneuma is spirit. Right, yeah, yeah, pneuma spirit. Yeah. So the, the the being breathed out by God, the 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 um, the we sometimes you will we'll have the translate as inspiration, as as this we're 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 getting, uh, the the scriptures were in, inspired by God. Well, I know a lot of musicians that were inspired. Right. So yeah. just a good feeling about the music. Yeah, and... so it's not it's not about a good feeling. It's it's not that this inspiration is is actually more of of God uh, breathing out His word from people, right? So back to your whole question about dictation, it wasn't a dictation, right? But there there's something powerful about that. And in, in some future episodes, I want to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in that because when the Holy Spirit is spoken of. Um, in Scripture, there's always a power behind this, the Spirit. If you think about Acts, I will, uh, you will be my witness. I will come in power in the Holy Spirit uh, it, it, when He comes upon you. Will come in power, and we'll see that in, in, in as the Spirit gives life in, in the Old Testament and Genesis, and even in the, the people mm. of God it talks to. So we'll get into that more. But the, I think it's important to see here that there's with this breathing out. Um, there is there's a sense in which we see that the the superintending work of God in the scriptures, right? That yeah, we we still see we can tell the personality of Paul versus John, you know, in the scriptures. We we see different eras and uh, in the Old Testament of different things that are happening. We can tell the not that you can't identify human authors as part of that, um, but there, there's a sense in which. Uh, and we'll look at this some other scriptures too in Peter and so forth there as they're carried along by the Spirit. But there is a superintending purpose of God in breathing these out through the human authors that, that I think we need to see that it, the authors themselves, like Paul, are trying to say there's a uniqueness to these words. It's not just that I got this great idea for a poem or a song or a new thing. That, that actually, uh, I believe that this is really, it's not just that God laid this on my heart. You know, it's the God is actually speaking this out in this situation through me, through the what He's what He's what He is teaching me and, and directing me to say. So God's breath—that's the mm-hmm. that's the the combination of the word that we're looking at. He He breathes out the, His mm-hmm. word, um, which is what we have to do when we talk. We have to breathe out. We're yeah, we're expiring. Right. Um, and there's places in the Old Testament where God does speak directly and it's almost like a dictation where he'll sometimes it'll say, thus saith the Lord. That's kind of a dictation. They're writing that down directly. But when Moses is speaking to the children um, of Israel, he is still under the inspiration of the Holy spirit as he's speaking. Mm -hmm. So no less God, but it's through Moses 
personality almost, but it's still right. it, it's still a sovereign direct word from God by by his control in some sense, right? Yeah, in his graciousness and how he's condescending to speak in a way that we're going to understand, he uses human human vessels uh, to do it. And, and again, it's not it, it, it's not as just you know in some Eastern thought, there's this transcendental meditation where you just kind of the goal is to become nothing, so that the so that the the whether it be a spirit or the this transcendental um, force or whatever can come into you and you can just kind of become one with the with reality or right, whatever yeah. right the, there's a diminishing of the of the person in that sense and i would say with the scripture i don't think that's happening i think it's actually moses and and the old testament prophets and and paul himself what i would say are probably in some senses more alive as humans um, in a sense when god is doing that Especially think about Paul in in the new man, and and especially in this in this role as apostle, right? They're they're not becoming less human; they're actually fulfilling their purpose in in a in a in a great way. If that makes sense, it does, and it um, to me it it shows or it reflects a little bit how we um, are even sanctified. Let's say mm-hmm. because we are commanded to live a sanctified life, which is something that we have action in doing. But when we look at the sanctified life, all the glory goes to God. We, we behold ourselves as in a mirror, but right. and we're being transformed from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. But that call f- is still a holding command. There's right. always action in, in the faith of, of the person that's being carried right. along. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's, um, in a lot of ways— what I think we were originally made for, uh, and we, and and we'll experience the new heavens and the new earth when we, in our resurrected bodies, will be spiritual beings. And I think that means it doesn't mean we won't be physical. I think it means that our our the actual physical nature of our body will be con- completely directed by the spirit, mm. um, just as Jesus was when he was <laughs> here on earth. Right? <laughs> you know that he always did what the Father asked. That he was carried along by the Spirit in all things. And I and I think that. Um, that yeah, so in that sense, the the word of God is 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 a light to us, you know, to help us in that sanctification process, in that growing more and more, being more and more set apart unto Christ and to the kingdom and to the work of God. So yeah, I think that might be a good place to stop uh, for for today's podcast, uh, as we uh, will come back again uh, this next time and reflect more on these verses and continue, but. Uh, my, our encouragement, again, in the Planet Podcast is for you to get in the Word of God, to meditate on it, to spend time with it, and to see just how trustworthy it is uh, as we as we experience it. So uh, thanks for spending time with us again, and we'll see you next time. It was good to be here. Thank you, Matt, and um, we will look forward to, to seeing you all next time. <laughs>